Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. I am your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support with Family and Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. My guest today is Dr. Courtney Lukey, who is an Extension Professor and Specialist for Maternal and Child Health. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you, Mindy. So we are going to de-stress family mealtimes today. We're going to be so popular when, when this show is over, right? We'll, we'll do our best. No guarantees, but we've, we've got some tips that might work. Our topic today is strategies for lower stress family mealtimes. I know when my children were young, sometimes just getting everybody to the table together at the same time was stressful. And if I was just coming in from work and trying to get that meal on on the table before they had to run off to their various activities, sometimes it can be quite stressful. We're going to talk about what we can do to make mealtimes feel just a little bit less stressful. So what tips do you have for us? Yeah, so one approach I want to focus on, you kind of hinted at this idea of scheduling and time. And that, that is a whole nother ball game that we'll come back to in the future. The one kind of focus I'd like to take today is about these feelings of power struggles that often occur between adults and children about whether or not kids are eating, okay. what kids are or are not eating. A lot of adults feel responsible to ensure that children eat and that they eat so that they can grow and play and be healthy. But the sadder division of responsibility is an approach that can help make these feelings be a bit more peaceful because this model recognizes that adults and children have responsibilities during mealtimes. Adults are responsible for the structure and routine of feeding and children are responsible for eating. That's it. And we probably should say that sadder is a name, S-A-T-T-E-R, not sadder, S-A-D-D-E-R. Yes, yes, <laughs> you are correct. This is a person, a clinical, or I think so, a social worker, licensed social worker and dietitian. Okay, so I, I like this idea that mealtimes can be more peaceful. Um, and I do remember that stress of, nobody wanting to eat the same thing or nobody wanting to eat what was in front of them. And as a parent, feeling very responsible for making sure that my children were nourished. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, I like this. So let's talk about, first of all, what is the role of the adult or the caregiver or the parent, whoever is in charge of, of planning the meals? Exactly. So we say adult, but you bring up a good point. Like who is in charge? So they are in charge of three things. What when and where food and drinks are served. Okay. Adults need to choose, prepare, and offer a variety of healthy foods at regular times throughout the day because the adult decisions determine what kind of foods children will be exposed to and therefore be able to learn to like. Okay. 
And it's also a time to teach and role model what do balanced, healthy meals and snacks look like. Okay. We, as in the adults, also need to create a routine for when those meals and snacks are offered. And this includes the general time of day as well as locations. So for example, we could say afternoon snacks happen around three o'clock and they're going to be in the kitchen or they're going to be at the table, meaning like not in front of the television, (laughs) in front of a tablet. Because this structure can create positive habits for children now and in the future. And so once we've done these things, the what, the when, and the where, our job is essentially done. That I think that that's important. So then that means the children have a job, right? So what is the role of the children? They are responsible for deciding whether and how much they will eat of what has been provided. Notice I said of what has been provided. So yes. <laughs> they can, um, they need to and learn to eat the food provided. Now, some people struggle with this approach. You know, they really feel compelled or that they need to offer special or different foods, but that's kind of a unique distinction of this approach of eating is that we sit down and support children in role model through eating the same foods um, mm-hmm. and encouraging them to try things, but more importantly, honoring their decision about whether or how much. Because that's where those power struggles oftentimes come from. We have this idea in our head of how much children need to eat when the reality is that it really varies day to day and even throughout the day. And so it can be hard for adults to let go of some of that control and really let children take the lead in listening to their body. And as children grow, you know, toddlers are pretty good about stopping when they're finished. And it might be that in another hour, they're hungry again. And so we have to not get too frustrated by that, right? (laughs) Right. And that's where that structure that adults provide comes into play because younger children do need to eat more frequently. So we do need to be mindful of scheduling frequent meals and snacks, particularly for those younger kiddos. And then we can kind of adapt those schedules just to your point as children grow and then they don't need to eat as frequently. So we, I guess we have been talking about toddlers and above previously. So are there different guidelines for babies? Slightly different. Adults are still responsible for choosing what infants eat. So are you going to serve breast milk? Are you going to serve formula or some combination? And then, you know, kind of when and what kinds of foods you start to transition to around six months of age. But infants get a lot more control in terms of when and where, in addition to the how much and whether they'll eat, you know, because a a baby, a, a month old, a three month old baby is going to get hungry when they get hungry. We don't necessarily want to be feeding them by the clock. And so whether it's for hunger or fullness, we need to um, be responsive to those cues so that we can feed them when they are starting to show signs of hunger and stop when they start to show us signs that they've had enough. That's a, a great tip because especially infants, I mean, they know when they, they've had enough, they'll stop. And, mm-hmm. and when they are ready to eat, they'll let you know, won't they? They do. Okay, so how can we put this division of responsibility into practice? It will take time and, like, as you said, practice to get it into the routine. It might feel uncomfortable or different by only serving children certain foods. For example, like this is what we, the family, are eating. 
but um, small steps and doing it consistently over time can help everyone adapt to those to those roles that you're you're striving for. And if it's helpful, we have a few specific tips on how to make that work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that I think that is beneficial um, because we don't always think through the how we eat. We we get more wrapped up in the what we're going to eat, don't we? Exactly. And the how is has been shown to be just as important as the what. So a couple little tidbits to help people okay. put this into practice. Okay. You know, we we talked about those roles, but really remembering and sticking to the role. Ellen Satter, the person who developed this model, once said, and I quote, if you are working harder than your child to get food into her, you are crossing the line. Okay, that's a good, good thing to remember, because I, I do remember as a young mother, that was my greatest concern. My children weren't eating and yeah, so if it feels like work, we've probably we've probably are probably going too far, and it's time to take a step back and remember our role. Let the children take the lead. Yes, yes. And similarly, we want to stick to those routines. Children thrive on routine and structure, and so having those regular planned opportunities for children to eat or not gives mm-hmm. them that comfort and stability that they can eat when they are hungry and stop when they're full. And it will help eliminate that grazing in between mealtimes that can make mealtime even more challenging because they've already been snacking and grazing and aren't arriving hungry at meals. Yeah. And I think that's probably a a really big one for parents because they, there are lots of other things that grab young families' attentions. And so if we can just really have that focused meal time, those focused times when we know that this is when the child's going to eat, that's going to make their life a whole lot easier. Can most definitely. And then two things for the actual meal time is serving food family style. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes I think at least think that it's easy and we're just trying to like get the food out and plated. So we plate everyone's, but allowing children to take that responsibility and role to decide what they get to put on their plate, that gives them a little bit more choice. And the matter, again, we've done our job of deciding of what is being served and then it's their responsibility to determine whether they would like to go with it. And then also including familiar or favorite foods. So, you know, some sort of bread is a pretty good staple or fruit or milk and and people will know their children best or the children that they're caring for the best, but having some sort of what you might label as a safe food can provide some of comfort and stability at those meals as well. And it does make life less stressful if you don't have to fight over what they're going to eat, right? Yes. This is what is for dinner tonight. What would you like out of this? You know, (laughs) Uh I I love these tips and hopefully our parents who are listening are going to find that they are beneficial and useful in making mealtimes less stressful. Yes. Courtney, Thank you for joining us, and I hope you'll come again. Yes, of course. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Talking Facts, and we are available on all major podcast providers. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, Leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. 
or send us an email at ukfcsext at uky.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.